Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Hello listeners, welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 207, the second episode of the year 2020. I'm your host, Steve Burnham. Now, I'm lucky enough to be uh, in the office of uh, Bill Mavropoulos, who's the partner at VT Advisory. Hello, Bill. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. I'm glad you set aside time to talk to us at the Tax Wrap Podcast. My pleasure. Now, Bill, I've come to you as a bit of an expert on uh, a matter that um, I've been seeing a bit of commentary in the media lately in relation to um, journal entries made to credit Div 7A loans, and it struck me as... um, I don't, know, I don't know much about tax law, trust law, or company law, but it struck me as, um, gee, is that right? It's uh, yeah. Have look, you seen at, that? you've you've identified a bit of a misnomer, right. and probably something that um, we can add a little bit of discourse to right. today. Um, and and I think it's probably a good topic um, just for 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 a general practitioner yeah, to yeah. get a bit more of an understanding on. Because look, I think um, the commentary that you're referring to appears to sort of refer mostly uh, to trust law concepts um, in order to sort of back up their position. Look, I would, I guess um, the number one thing for me uh, whenever I approach a a tax problem um, is to sort of identify firstly what area of law um, is kind of a prerequisite to that tax law okay. or, or, or yeah. comes first. Well, one thing I've come to understand in my short time dealing with these things is, is there's tax law, there's company law, there's trust law. That's right, that's right. Not confusing. If you know what you're doing, it's fine. But um, is that where the problem lies, is it? Uh, yes. And crossing I, borders. And that's and the, and the, the issue is that, you know, it, it's almost like a preliminary inquiry that you do. Right. So you look at the problem and say, you know, for example, with dividends, mm. they really aren't, they're not trust law concepts. You should be looking at, at company law, oh, okay. um, you know, in terms of structuring the framework in which the tax law will operate. Okay. So that that's, I think that's where the where, where things are falling down that's, that's in, in the current. So dividends, company law. That's it. Right, that's okay. it. Okay. So I mean, you know, when you've got a trust distribution, obviously it's it's you're dealing with a trust. Yep. And and you would you would go to trust law and, and away you go, those concepts would be the ones that would apply right. preliminarily mm-hmm. and then obviously the tax law. Um, that's why tax law is so complex because it's it piggybacks off, off everything else. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as one thing changes, every, oh, everything right. else <laughs> changes. Um, so yeah, look, I think um, as a starting point for for me, when, whenever I look at a dividend problem, I look at the part of the Corporations Act that uh, that that will apply. Right. So so I, I always go, okay, we, we know that the, you know the Corporations Act two thousand one. Um, that's that's the law. That's the statutory law. Yeah. That's one source of law for companies, um, and another source of law for companies is actually the constitution of the company. Oh yes, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think really fundamentally, you've got the constitution of a company, which is effectively um, like a contract between the company and and the shareholders and the director. Yeah. That's kind of one one source, yep, yep. and the other is the company law. Okay. Yep. Which is the the statute, which is governed by ethic, etc. Spot on, right? Spot on. Um, and I guess to flesh all that out, mm-hmm. then I look at the the cases. 
Yeah. Okay. How do you yeah. interpret that? Yeah. How does that work? How does each case operate within those parameters? That's right. Okay. And, right. and I think um, when we look at the commentary, what um, is apparent is that we're not really looking at, at a case. Oh, no, no, that's right. It right? wasn't either. It wasn't a particular case. It yeah. wasn't a particular case. Right. And and I think um, the, the case that I would identify and the one that I'm, I'm sort of going to refer to today mm-hmm. um, is Blue Bottle UK Limited versus Deputy Commissioner of Taxation, okay. 2007, HCA 5-4. Right. So essentially that is a high court case um, that um, deals with this issue of um, when a debt arises for for a dividend and, and when when the things happen, so when the payment of a dividend occurs yep. um, and, and whether or not uh, you can have a payment before you, you, your debt arises okay. or you declare it. Right. So, I mean, I think it's instructive because it the great thing about that case is it goes through the history of company law. Okay. So, I mean, you, you've got company laws going back to the, the start of... Australia, right? Yeah. So I think the great thing about this case is it covers all of that. Okay. It gives you a very, very broad overview of of how it works. Yeah, yeah. From yep. the start to, to today. So just from an academic point of view, or just, just look or I, anyway. It is academic, but I think also it informs um, why um, company law is is very different to trust law. I guess it, it, it sort of um, okay. You know gives you a bit of information as to why um, it's treated differently. Because I think, look, one basic thing with companies, you know, ordinarily what happens with a company is you'll have a set of financial statements or or, or accounts and you will sit down at a meeting and that's when you'll declare a dividend. Right. So typically your declaration date, when you say, hey, I think I'm going to declare the dividend, you might actually refer to profits in, in that previous financial year. So your payment date may you may have a payment before your declaration date. It's yep. possible, hmm. right? Okay. Um, and I guess Blue Bottle is is good authority that that sort of highlights that you can have a declaration date and you can also have a payment date that that may precede it. Yes. So you yep. may have a payment date that is before the debt arises. Okay. Just just if I could interrupt. Quickly, Bill, yep. um, just to inform listeners that uh, we do now provide transcripts of these podcasts. And within that transcript, if you go to our website, uh, I'll provide links to these, uh, this case and to any other um, legislation that I can. The, the bill, section the references. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's good. All right. That's good. So, so look, I think, I think now's a good time mm-hmm. to jump from the corporations law, that general discussion that we've been having, yes. to the tax law. Okay, so what we're all... What, that's why we're here. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, it's game day. Um, so I guess like the the way that I look at it, I sort of um, you know often with tax, it's it's the problem that you want to solve, mm-hmm. um, and, and the big problem with um, what we're talking about in terms of dividends. I, I guess the, the dividends are the solution to to a div seven A problem. Okay. So generally speaking, with div seven A, and and for your listeners. Most most would be aware, mm-hmm. but where you have um, loans in a company, y- y- the 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 shareholders may be liable to tax right. where they're outstanding for for more than a period. So, without I don't want to simplify it too much. No, no, but people should know what. But people should know yeah. what what we're re- really really talking about. Yep. Um, so look, there's there's payments, there's loans, and there's for- forgiveness of debts. Those things trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Division 7A. Right. Right. 
how um, most practitioners or some practitioners um, sort of exempt themselves from these provisions so, so that they don't have to pay tax, you know, the shareholders okay. don't have to pay tax, yep. is by putting a complying loan agreement in place. That's right. Right? Yep. And that's under section 109N right. for, for your listeners. Okay. Um, so I guess what what that um, 109N um, section requires is two things. One, uh, that you pay a, a, an amount of interest. That's right. On, on the loan. Yep. So, you know, Which that's a mandated yep. yeah, and legislated amount of interest. Yep. But secondly, and, and probably more importantly, uh, that you make a minimum repayment in any one year yep. to, to take care of that, that liability. Yes. right. Now, often, and this is for the practitioners out there, you might tell a client, hey, you've got a Division 7A loan, you need to make a payment of, let's let's say $10,000. Please pay $10,000 into the company. To keep you compliant with To keep you compliant with with these provisions. Now, sometimes a client doesn't do that. Okay. So, you know, you've effectively got a non-complying 109N loan at that point in time. Often what happens is the declaration of a dividend Um, which can be credited to the loan account as a payment, ah. is, is a mechanism that you use yep. to meet that requirement to make a minimum repayment. Okay. Is this what was referred to in, in that commentary we started off with? Correct. As the journal entry? Spot on. Oh, okay. So you can do this via journal entry. Yes. And I think, look, um, the commentary sort of goes into the, like without going into too great a detail in terms of the commentary, no, no. the commentary sort of talks about, um, you know, being careful and making sure that, um, you know, you've got something to, to, to back up your journal entry effectively, right. that okay. you've got, you know, the declaration and payment of, of dividends is, is sort of matched up. Yeah. Look, I, I think that um, the issue is often um, with, like with that sort of commentary, right. they don't consider the practitioner's environment. Okay, you know, it may be after the year ends that a dividend is declared. Yes, right. The payment date may very well be in that financial year. Right. It and may the, very and the well journal be. entry, if they if they are alive, and the, and 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 obviously the journal entry right, would right. then follow. Right. Right. Hmm. So I think, look, you know, by virtue of the nature of how companies work. Mm-hmm. And this is going, um, sort of jumping around because I'm jumping back to the company okay, law that's, now. That's, that's good. But... Um, by virtue of how they work, having a payment date before the debt arises right. in terms of the dividend. So I'm talking about a different type of debt now. Yep. Because as soon so, and it's going the other way because right. you're offsetting that against the loan. Right. Right. And I know, look, these are pretty sophisticated concepts. So yeah, that's, that's if anyone wants to call and talk about it, we can talk about oh, the debits and the credits. Yep. But um, when when that happens, you may very well have um, a dividend that arises in, in a financial year and the, and all of the documentation may be created after the financial year ends. Oh, right. Yeah. And to talk a, about the declaration and the payment and when to when type stuff is happening, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like that's fine if that's dated after the year end. The, okay. Like, and I guess that's why I referred to Blue Bottle because that that case really delves into ah. why that's okay. Okay, good, right? Yeah. So there's precedent. There's this. precedent. That's okay. what I'm trying. So I guess um, I'm trying to say, look, appreciate that there's trust law out there that is really, really strict on. Um, having the declaration of a distribution 
And yes. notice how I use the word distribution for a trust. Exactly, not dividend. Yeah, not yeah. dividend. Right. That has to be done before 30th of June. Right. You have to tell them, hey, these beneficiaries are going to get this income. Yep. And you have to do that before. Sure. Right? The, now, in terms of the declaration and payment of dividends, mm -hmm. you can have a meeting and, and say, you know, provided um, the financial statements are correct, mm -hmm. At the meeting, at our annual general meeting, which may occur after the 30th of June, mm. um, you know, we, we've proposed a dividend, we've proposed it on, on, let's say, the 30th of June. Yep. And, but, but you know what, the payment date, payment date might be that same day, the 30th of June. Right. That's fine. And then, you, you know, you sign off your minute. Yep, we've resolved and ratified that decision. Okay. Right. That's there's no problem with that per se. Yeah. Right. And I think I think that's where this is kind of falling down. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you is it a common thing? Do you think to, to do? Look, very common. Uh, I think right. most most practitioners and look, I guess the complexity really um, arises from this being kind of legal, really really old legal concepts. Yeah. You know, company law sort of com concepts. Of course. Yeah. Um, that are not well understood, mm -hmm. uh, and I guess when when you're looking at kind of the the practitioner environment, they really just need solutions. Of they're course, looking yeah, at yeah, they're looking at the client. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you're looking at your, their div div seven a problem, yeah. and you're saying, look, I want to do the right thing. I obviously don't want to create fictional transactions yeah. or anything no, like that, no. which is completely understandable. Mm -hmm. But where where you've got you know an annual general meeting where you've got resolutions being signed off after the fact, yep. but it's quite clear that the crediting of the loan account was prior to, you know, ha having, you know, creating um, journal entries after year end, because oh, otherwise you'd have accountants that have to do all their, all, all the tax work on one day huh. being 30th of June. Yeah, that's So you're going to do all oh, yeah, your companies on the 30th of June. No. It's not going to happen. No, not practical. No. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of why... Um, I, yeah, I try very hard mm -hmm. to kind of say, okay, let's take this with a grain of salt. I think it's probably more a discussion um, in that um, sort of naturally in that in that environment where you put forward a different view and say, practitioners, let's be practical about this, yep. and let's let's challenge some of these assumptions. I think looking at um, the commentary and, and seeing that it's based on the trust law concepts oh, should right. ring alarm bells for people. Yes, people should go, hang on, hang on a second. Yep. You know, understand because I guess the the other thing, and just sorry to digress, but to That's talk right. about trust law a little bit. Yep. Generally speaking, in trust law, when you propose a, a distribution you'll say 30% to one beneficiary, 20% to another, and then maybe 50% to the third. Right. Right, so making up the 100% yep. of, of your distributions going to, 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 that, to those beneficiaries. You can't do that with a dividend. It's not, that's not oh, how no, no. dividends work because the company is a separate legal person. That's a right. trust is a relationship. Yes, oh, okay, yes. Right, yes. so very that's fundamentally, yep. but a company will have um, is able to retain um, some of the profits. That's right, because otherwise the trustee is taxed on anything yeah, they retain. Yeah, so a trustee, if they retain profits, yep. taxed at the maximum rate. For, right. You know, you, 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 you're so really, they're coerced to distribute, really? Well, coerced... Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's the but, but yes, yeah, it's, look, it's probably more efficient in most cases okay. for them to, to distribute income every right. year. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. 
Um, look, the only other thing, the only other comment that I would make really mm-hmm. uh, about the fundamental company law is that um, there there was a recent change in terms of when a company can declare a dividend. Previously, a company had to have profits right. in order to do it. Now, it just has to have an excess of assets over liabilities. Oh, right, okay. Is right. that a recent change? That is a fairly recent right, change. Right. So when I say fairly recent, within the last 10 years. Okay, yeah. Um, um, for, for, for those who want to know when, I can dig up exactly when. Oh, I that's can't, right, can't that's remember right. off the top of my head. What, what, um Although I was going to ask, ask you perhaps for some references for people to go and check for the one to... Yep, so that's 254T right. of the Corporations Law, so Corporations Act 2001. Yep. Um, and and that's quite neat because Section, um, Section 109Y of the Income Tax Assessment Act 1936 right. um, talks about the distributable surplus of a company and, and only a only applies Division 7A where there's a distributable surplus. Mm-hmm. Distributable surplus, whilst it is different from um, the net assets of a company, mm-hmm. they kind of equate, they kind of use the same Well, they're in the same, same measures. So it's a formula uses both kind of, company yeah. and answer. So you know how I was saying you've got your company law and then you sort of go into your tax law? Right. They, they link, but you just need to know how okay. and why. Right. And I think that's how you get the answers to these questions sure, yeah. by, by um, identifying those links. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, that's that's really kind of a very broad overview. I think this this topic is one where where people have questions. Yeah. I think it's it's easiest to sort of answer questions rather than sort of give give an oh, overview. Oh, than dictate the whole yeah. landscape, of course. Yeah, that's, that's so, true. So, I mean, look, you know, just for your listeners, listeners as well, yeah. There is movement in Div Seven A. There are a lot oh, of changes that are coming there's changes through. Coming. Yeah. Are they more to do with the loan uh, length of the loan and the interest rate and that sort of thing? To be to be honest, mm-hmm. they're actually quite complex really? in terms of everything. So oh, it's it's right. it's kind of looking at the whole regime. Yeah. So look, I, I would sort of I would sort of tell practitioners the best thing to do is just warn clients that there are changes in this area. Yeah. Don't I, I wouldn't. Um, and this is just from experience in terms of what's going to be enacted and what might be amended right. before it gets enacted. Yep. I would just say to them, um, just hang back a little bit until stuff gets enacted because, yeah, look, yeah. Div 7A is complex as it is. The changes, in my view, probably add complexity rather than take it away. Yep. Let's wait and see. Um I'm hope I'm hopeful that cooler heads will prevail, yeah. and they strip back some of the complexity. That'd be know, nice. And, and make it easier for people to c- comply. There, ha- there has been a tendency for the ATO to a- apply like legislative instruments and amendments rather than but change ha- the act. But, s- but Steve, they have to because do they? Yeah. Well, otherwise it's just so open to interpretation that you know oh, okay. you'll have a hundred accountants and a hundred ways to to comply, <laughs> and you can't have that. You need you, so. Look, the ATO has done a really good job um, in what is a very difficult area. Yeah. Um, try, trying to help people and assist people to to get it right. And you know, look, the other thing as well, and, and what I would encourage practitioners to do is is open a dialogue with the ATO, especially in in the Div Seven A area. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of discretion, and they are, more often than not uh, will will work with a practitioner in this area just yes, because yes. just by yeah. virtue of 
how complex it is. Well, I think the ADA, has, the ADA has a ded- dedicated like, <coughs> complex issues help desk, basically. They're great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so, generally um, really so good. So your advice is to go to them if there's any if there's any it, complicating. Look, if you feel like, hey, um, you know, you, you may pick up a client from from another practitioner and, and there might be an exposure. Right. Um, and people haven't realised. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just by virtue of it being a really you know, really complex area, Yeah, they're more than willing to sort of sit down with you and work through how, how to rectify it and, and you know, in, in, I guess, the best way for the client to just make sure everyone's okay. Yes, of course. I think they've got that in, in front of mind when they look at this area. Right, right. Uh, and they do understand. I, look, I think, um, um, you know, they've got a job to do as well. They've obviously got to protect revenue and, and, and they can well, be hard sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. that's, you know, that's their job. That's their job. But, <laughs> but I think as well, in this, especially in this area, um, they are pretty understanding. Yeah, right, excellent. Yeah. Right, anything else, Bill, to add to the Oh, look, I reckon, I reckon we've covered off on most things that I yeah, wanted to cover off on. Yeah, certainly started some questions to be answered, which is a... Yeah, and look, I've probably created more questions in, in your <laughs> listener's mind than, than answered them. Which is a good them. thing. Go and search out the answers, that's right. Um, as I said, listeners, there will be links to, to whatever I can in the transcript uh, when that's eventually posted. All right, Bill, uh, just to... Um, recap, I'm speaking to Bill Mavropoulos, partner at VT Advisory here in Melbourne. Thanks for your time, Bill. It's been great. Thanks, Steve. Uh, listeners, thanks for your time. Uh, please join us again next time.